This is a Podcast 225 production. The issues. What's going on now? What's happening in the state? The people. Carl Dabity. We've got Michael Shingleton. Taylor Moore. Jay Darden. Congressman Garrett Gray. Richard Condon. He is Ryan Clark. Sharon Weston Broom. The podcast. And we're going to talk about that. This is the Clay Young Show. Well, 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 here we are. The last episode of 2019. Merry Christmas, folks. Welcome back to the Clay Young Show here on podcast225.com and on the Apple Podcast app. I hope you are really enjoying your holiday season, that you've had the chance to reflect on the year that is almost gone, to think about what you'd like to accomplish in the year that's ahead and enjoy the presence of family and friends. And it's been good to have you guys along for the ride this year. I, I truly appreciate uh, you guys being here and listening to not only this show, but other offerings here at podcast 225.com clay young here with you. And today, not only will we talk about reflection But we're going to talk about goal setting with someone who is really one of the preeminent thinkers and motivators that I have ever known. Julio Malera with the Baton Rouge Business Report. And aside from his work with the Business Report and running that ship, he motivates groups and individuals all over the place. And he is, as you will hear in just a moment, a walking mascot for enthusiasm. He is enthusiastic, he's optimistic, he's positive, and we're going to talk about goal setting. This is a time of the year where people are really in that, to use the word again, reflective state, and they're thinking about what they have done and what they hope to do in the new year. The brand newness of a year provides so many great opportunities that Julio is going to talk with us about that. And I mean, it's just, it's, I'm, I'm excited about it just to get into it. So, uh, by the way, before we do that, just want to remind you, if you are uh, listening to the show, subscribe. If you're getting the show, if you're hearing me now and you are an Apple user, hit that subscribe button. That lets you see this show or any other offering that may pop up. But the the, the biggest thing is, is it does help us with numbers with Apple and seeing who's downloading what. So this show or the WeBR show or the Crime Stoppers podcast, hit that subscribe button on any of those offerings so you get it as soon as it pops up. And uh, we appreciate that. Leave us a star rating while you are there as well. And also drop a comment in there or two. We appreciate the feedback. You can email me directly. That email address is clay at podcast225.com. And of course, on social media at ClayYoungBR on Twitter, on Facebook, just Clay Young. And on the gram, IG, Clay underscore YoungBR. So are you the kind of person who looks to be motivated and focused and and really locked in when a new year begins? Well, if you are, we've got a treat for you. 
Podcast225.com. Promote your business or organization on Podcast225.com. Podcast225.com is quickly becoming a weekly tradition for Louisiana listeners. Every month, thousands hear the weekly Clay Young Show. Every week, Clay sits with some of the state's most fascinating and entertaining people. Posting your company's logo on the podcast225.com website or having a professionally produced commercial air on The Clay Young Show is a great way to access a loyal and informed audience. Get more information by calling 225-214-1550. That's 225-214-1550. Hi, this is Mayor Sharon Weston-Broom inviting you to listen to the We BR podcast, an initiative of my Women's Advancement Commission. Our show will air the first and third Wednesday of each month. We invite you to listen to our podcast by visiting www.podcast225.com. That's www.podcast225.com and by subscribing through the Apple Podcast app. That's We Be Our Podcast. This is The Clay Young Show. Back with Julio Malera, who is the president and CEO of the Baton Rouge Business Report. He has been one of uh, this region's leading citizens for a very long time. Very happy to call him my friend. He is a phenomenal husband and father. And look, he's the kind of guy, if you work for him, you better have an answer when he asks you a question. And I think that's important. What's going on, brother? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. It's great to uh, see you. Great to be with you. Pull that mic a little bit closer to you there. Thank you. So, so you, know, you speak to groups, companies, organizations all around the world. You, you, have, you have motivated tens of thousands of people, and we're going to get into that. You've, you've been on the show before. People have heard you talk about the impact your mother had on your life growing up in New Orleans and, and all of that. And so if you haven't, go into the archives and then catch up like everybody else. We're not going to go back through that for you, but, and it's, it's, it's a worthy listen. So, but before I get to that, because of what you're doing with Business Report, you talk a lot about the region, not just Baton Rouge, but the capital region in Louisiana. What is your perspective on where we are? Well, we've come a long way, Clay, and we've got a long way to go. Uh, but uh, for 2020, um, I'm a little bit more bullish than most people. Yeah, uh, me too. Uh, obviously, um, we have uh, two different uh, economic studies that show job growth. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, there's only two cities in Louisiana that are projected to grow in 2020 through 21, uh, and that's uh, Lake Charles and yeah. Baton Rouge. So, uh, you know, we have a one one and a half percent growth. Uh, some more new jobs coming this way, and one thing I'm extremely bullish about is the impact. As you well know, this year, uh, just two months ago, the New Children's Hospital opened mm-hmm. up, and there's been a lot of talk over the years regarding the health district, yeah. um, which brings in great jobs and, more importantly, uh, improves the quality of health care for our community. Yeah. But uh, this new doctor that has been recruited, um, that, that, that Dr. John uh, Kerwin at Pennington has brought down, uh, is going to really be a game changer uh, for the region and for people. You know, what's interesting is that around the world, the Pennington Research Center is really known, but people yeah. who live right here in Baton Don't Rouge know about it. do not understand yeah. right, its impact. And people drive right? by it, and sometimes with that's this traffic, right. they sit in front of it every day. They have no clue, yeah. and I think that's definitely one area. Pennington's got to do a much better job yeah. of, of doing a better job of uh, educating the local community sure. and the regional community regarding all of the research, the world-impacting mm-hmm. research yep. uh, that it does. But even that aside, I think, uh, you know, 
know, the uh, petrochemical industry continues. Obviously, uh, they're the leading sector um, in our community. And, and, and um, you know, a lot of them have done a lot of great work and a lot of volume work outside of Louisiana. Yeah. Uh, but they continue to grow and provide jobs. And, um, you know, real estate's holding steady. You know, it, it, it uh, it's so impacted by, by interest rates, right? Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and, and, and by policies from Washington, uh, D.C., but still, uh, uh, you know, you see a lot of development going on around the city, man, in different places. And and um, so, again, uh, we're not going to be burning them up, mm-hmm. but uh, I think we're going to hold steady and, and see some improvement in 2020. I think it's good. And, and it, it really we we this year wasn't a terrible year. I mean, after 2016, it's kind of hard to, to repeat that because of everything that went on in 16 and then all of the crime we saw in in 17 breaking records with over 100 murders we saw that reduce last year and and we're on pace knock on wood to be down from last year again and as you say the children's hospital I've I've been in there and and have had I'm it's one of the things I'm most proud of for the region I mean n- really proud of it proud that it's here when I pass it on the interstate, I smile almost every time I agree. because I'm thinking what this will do for families, what this will do for medical professionals. This is a reason for young people who get medical degrees and nursing degrees to say, I can stay home. That's exactly right. It's like, like Pennington. That's another thing with Pennington. You know, there are lots of biochemists coming out of LSU and Southern that don't think about hey, I could stay home, but you've got a world-class research and development facility over here, and and it's something. So, so that's a great, great snapshot of what's happening here for people wondering. Now, let's talk about motivation. I want to start with asking you, if someone were to ask you to give your definition of a motivated person, what would that definition be? Well, you know... I like to always reference the difference between motivation and inspiration because a lot of people uh, confuse those two, right? Okay. Uh, I think on one hand, uh, I can motivate most people, most kids for $1,000 cash <laughs> to go move my car, Yeah. right? Yeah. But inspiration, kind of going back, I'll just give you, inspiration is something that lasts a lifetime with you, mm-hmm. um, and uh, which is as you know, the story was, which is what my mother gave me, right? Inspiration to always do your best, to always go the extra mile, to always give value first, right? To be generous uh, and to do your best, no matter if you're playing marbles, working out, or competing in the business realm. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I think that for all of us, though, uh, uh, to me, let's just use money for example. Money is more of a stimulator yeah. than a motivator, right? Because yeah. once you put the, those dollars in your pocket, are you really motivated to do whatever it is that you're pursuing? And so, again, um, I think that people have to have clarity in terms of what is it that I want? Where do I want to go? What do I want to share? What do I want to be? And this is why, again, at this time of the year, people talk about in order to get motivated, in order to be motivated and stay motivated, you've got to have clarity of what it is that you want in terms of goals and a target for your life. And most people, frankly, the research shows that a lot of people uh, are just going through through the motion in life, right? You know, uh, and instead of... Most people are trying to get through the day instead of taking from the day. Right, right, right. If that makes sense. It does. It does. And but again, it's so so I get that as a definition. So for someone coming in, and that's a big thing now, and we're learning 
more and more about the impact of mental illness on our society. And we're learning about behavioral behaviors that you and I as kids may have seen or heard about that didn't people didn't know were issues. People who are fighting with depression and, and, you know, personality disorders and all of these things. And so when you are someone who's navigating through whatever issues you have to try to get somewhere, you need to know how to find the light. And I want to ask you to talk about that. Well, I want to reverse a thought process. Okay. One that I had earlier and one that's probably, I think, is more general and give you my bent on it now that I'm a bit older. <laughs> okay. And, and hopefully a little bit wiser. All right. Uh, and I was thinking about this last night as I was preparing. You know, most people, when they start talking about goal setting or doing things with their lives, typically start with the question, you know, what do you want to achieve, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, would, would you say that's kind of, yeah. uh, what do you want to achieve? Yeah. You know, uh, what do you want to have? What do you want right. to accomplish, right? Right, right. And the truth of the matter is that if you're really serious about your goals, you shouldn't start off with that question. It actually should be a different question. Okay. Um, and the question should be, what kind of pain do I want? What hmm. kind of pain do I want? Um, because here's what I've realized is that having a goal is the easy part. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's why people call it New Year's resolutions, right? <laughs> right. Who the heck doesn't want to write right. a New York Times bestseller, right? right? Who doesn't want to lose weight? Right. Who doesn't want more money? Right. Right? Right. I mean, I, hey, everybody does. Everybody does. Look, I was at the gym yesterday and we were talking about how you hate it every day. It's like people say, oh, I love. No. Nobody loves that. You do it because right. you, you have a goal. That's right. But you hate it. I hate it. Every day. There's not one day I wake up, oh boy, I'm gonna go to the gym and no, you hate it. But but go ahead. So but, that's a great point. But you're a great example. I mean, ever since I've known you, and you still buff. <laughs> Even as you're getting older, yeah. you know, a decade later, you still buff. Listen, it's harder now, brother. <laughs> Living in Louisiana. Well, the real challenge is not really de- de- determining what results we want. Mm-hmm. Everybody, that's the easy part. This yeah. is this is where I've kind of rethought this concept. The question is, what are you willing to accept? What sacrifice, what pain are you willing to pay to have the lifestyle that comes with your quest? Meaning, you know, um, it's there's going to be pain before you have the the glamour. Let's just mm-hmm. take our boy Joe Burrow. Yeah. I mean, yeah. people are just now really finding out the other side of the story. That's right. The pain, the discouragement, mm-hmm. right? The doubt that the guy went through mm-hmm. to get to the highest level of achievement and outcome that he had, mm-hmm. right? He didn't just happen to stumble. Uh, he went through a lot of pain. And so, again, it's easy to sit around and think about, hey, here's what I could do and here's what I want to have. Uh, but it's a totally different thing to accept that the trade-offs that come um, with the goals. Let me give you an example. Everybody wants to win a gold medal, right? Mm-hmm. But are you willing to pay the price right. that a true Olympic champion goes through? The mm-hmm. sacrifice, everything from eating mm-hmm. to training, mm-hmm. getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning, right? And having that rigorous uh, a schedule yep. and regimen to get to the gold medal. Yep. And I'm telling you, the majority are not willing to pay for it, nor think of it. Right. 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 You know, and so but but, so that's intriguing. So what kind of pain do you want? Okay. Um, Well, again, um, no, no. What what I'm saying that as a principle for people. So a lot of people hear that and it it does crystallize how how bad do you want it? How far are you willing to go? How high are you willing to, to climb? At what point did you realize 
that that actually is a perspective you ought to have more so than anything else? The last two years trying to ingrain this thought process into my teenagers. <laughs> that has oh, been a revelation. Don't get me started. That's a, See, that's because a... I got to tell you a quick story. Uh, I remember... I don't remember if it was 12 or 13 years old, but my mother never learned how to drive until she was 38. And so we used to catch a public transit system. Mm-hmm. And one day before school, I'll never forget, it was met, we were in Metairie. We were, there was a, a store called Shoe Town right on, on, on the corner of Veterans Boulevard and David Drive. Yeah. And, and we went there, and I remember there was a pair of real cool Converse that I wanted. And I said, I want those. And I remember... I asked the guy, how much do they cost? And I turned to my mother, and we didn't have enough mm. to pay for that pair of tennis shoes. I had to settle for a cheaper, less mm-hmm. cost, uh, a less costly pair of shoes. And I don't remember exactly what happened, but here's what I do remember to this day. I said, that'll never happen to me again. One day, one day, I will buy any pair of tennis shoes that I want to get. Mm-hmm. Fast forward. I'm 28 years old. I've got this journal. You, <laughs> right. yeah, I can let you read my journal because I, I I journal for these purposes. Yeah. Uh, I'm in Metairie and, I, and I'm playing in two basketball leagues. One in the morning, one in late at night. I'm, I'm I'm married but have no children, and I and I go and I buy not one but two Air Jordans. <laughs> okay, that's right. And as I'm leaving, I see a grown man walking up to the counter in drabby clothes and he asked the lady how much are those pair of shoes up there and the lady goes they're 65 dollars and the guy put his hand in his pocket and he started counting the money he didn't have enough he goes do you have anything that costs less and at that moment it brought me back to that moment in time in my childhood and it struck me so hard that I called the little lady over on the side, the guy who was distracted looking at other shoes, and I said, I'm going to pay for those shoes. Go ahead and give him those. Here's the money, but don't let him know. Get him those shoes. And I turned <laughs> around the corner. I don't even know why I'm telling you this story, but it, it, it just resonates because you ask, mm-hmm. what helped drive you? Um, I saw the guy get the pair of tennis shoes he didn't know who paid for it and i began to weep because that was truly a defining moment that reminded me of that moment when my mother and i were at the shoe town uh, uh, in metairie and we couldn't afford those pair of shoes so something clicked there and so it's always been a driver that if you want something in life and you live in america mm-hmm. you can have that mm-hmm. if you're willing to pay the price. And and as is the case, one of the reasons why I think that story resonates is so often the pain we go through is sometimes so we can help others not have to go through it. The pain we go, you kept from him an experience you had. So you were able to do something about that. And and I, I, I think that a lot. Not not every time. Sometimes it's good for people to achieve and do and and because everybody is not going to be Michael Jordan. Everybody's right. not going to be Bill Gates. Sure. You you achieve your greatness. But sometimes you do achieve things and it's because of the opportunities. Like on that day <laughs> with you as a kid. And you said it took you back. Now think about it. And then you're there 
buying these shoes and you see this guy going through the same thing in the moment. It's like, oh no, I can can do something about it. And you did. And the most amazing thing is it was anonymous. You didn't need him to know. Didn't need the credit. And I think that's, that's something that's missed as well. How do you, you said there's a difference between being motivated and, and inspired. I think inspiration lasts a lifetime. Yeah. And that you could be motivated for the moment. And so I think every year, and, and, and particularly this is another epiphany, uh, epiphany as I'm getting older, is that you've got to constantly um, set new targets in life. Mm-hmm. It's what happened to the first couple of guys, the astronauts that went to the moon. I don't. Most people don't realize that there were a few of them, a couple of them that committed suicide. Mm-hmm. And stop and think, I've gone to the moon. Right. And I came back. What else is there to do? Right. Right. And so we can't rest on our laurels. You can't allow yourself to become complacent. You've got to keep reinventing yourself and setting higher standards and higher goals. Why? Because you can never exhaust your capacity to continue to grow and to flourish as a father, as a mother, as a leader, as a communicator, as a CEO, as a as a salesperson, there's always room for growth and improvement. And I think this is why goals play a real good part. Now, if you're striving to achieve certain levels at whatever it is that you're doing, I think this is where realizing, you know, I talk to my kids now, they don't understand the price that I've paid, <laughs> right? Most people don't understand that Let's say professional athletes. I don't care if you're a football player, if you're an NBA player. You spend 80% of your time Mm -hmm. training, Mm -hmm. watching film, studying for 20% of performance, right? Only 20% of the time are they actually playing in games. That's right. Right? The other 80%, they're grinding. And people go, I can't believe he gets paid all that money. You have no idea what they're putting their bodies or their minds through. The other six days in a week is all preparation, physical and mental. And by the way, by the time this 25-year-old millionaire that you complain about actually gets to the money he's been doing at 15, 16 years. That's right, perfecting I mean, their craft. Per, per, I mean, they, they, they start, and it's not just a now thing, at six, seven, eight o'clock, people see abilities in kids. But like, I, I never do that. And, I, and, and there is really no place that I've ever been the kind of person that has looked at the success of others and judged them based upon it. And uh, there's a great book by an author. His name is T. Harv Eker, and it's called Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. I've told a lot of people about it, and it's not a get-rich-quick book. It's, it's a pretty good swerve on what it's about. And he tells a story in the book about how he was someplace, and he had just worked to get to a place where he could get a really nice car. And he was in a neighborhood, and some people were giving him a hard time. And he goes in, he comes out, somebody had done something to his car and he talks about how for so many people they never truly achieve wealth because they hate wealthy people Hmm. and and when you listen to him talk about it it said because you don't understand that the the house the cars the clothes those are all outcomes of something and the outcome is what got you to that like you said they went through that pain and there's not a single successful person that I know who doesn't have one of those, man, let me tell you how it used to be stories. Sure. Right. right. Is that right? That's exactly right. Everybody's got scars. Everybody's been through pain. Yeah. And you know, you know, what's interesting, uh, something you said, you know, just reminded me, Malcolm Forbes had a great quote that lives with me. Um, he said, the best thing you can do for the poor is not to become one of them. That's right. 
And I think this is one of the reasons that we have to, you know, I've heard people go, oh, man, Hula, you talk about all that achievement and success. And, you know, your books are a lot about that. Yeah, because I think all of us have potential. Mm-hmm. And look, success is defined differently by different people. Sure. But my main thing is that we're reaching our potential. And so much so that we have access to be able to bless and help other people. Kind of the old, you know, we're blessed to be a blessing. Right. Right. And so, again, defining what it is mm-hmm. that... that uh, we want to have in our lives and what we want to give and sharing. And again, most people are so distracted, particularly in today's world with social media and things going on that, that, that they haven't really stopped to really think I'll bring it another step. You know, again, what about legacy? What about, um, leaving a heritage for your children? Mm -hmm. Um, what about, um, contributions you know uh going from again uh there's that great book halftime right yeah where, where, where he spent the first half of his life pursuing success then he got to a certain pinnacle point and he realized my god it's time for significance i want to make an impact mm-hmm. on the people around me because at the end of the day it's about people that's right it's about making a difference in the world that i live one person at a time and so I love that thought. And this is a great time of the year to prepare and to plan and to reflect. You know, uh, I was telling my wife the other day um, that, man, I didn't attain all of my physical nor spiritual goals this year. Right. I, 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 I fell short, but I'm recalibrating. I'm right. re-engineering. And, you know, and I'm setting targets for uh, 2020 right now. Well, we were talking about I was uh, with uh, a mutual friend of ours today. And we were talking about the, the game Monday between the Saints and the Colts. And the thing that stood out the most is with all of the success and the accolades achieved by Drew Brees. And this is coming from a 49er fan. OK, but I think Drew, Drew Brees is one of the greatest football players, certainly one of the greatest quarterbacks to have ever lived. And the, the quintessential thing about him and people of that mindset is he broke the record. He had all these yards, one in completion. He's, and he's was he was amazing. 29 of 30, I believe. Yes. And, and he that's said amazing. that one incompletion is going to haunt him. And it's like, amazing. that's the thing about it. So, so you talk to me about, cause you're a motivated person. I, you never, I've never known you to be in the company of, of people who are either downers or whatever. And, 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 you know, and you and I've talked a lot about motivation and staying motivated cause it's harder than people think it is. Cause you live in this place called life. But when you are looking at someone Okay, now as a CEO, as a mentor and all of this, what are the attributes that you notice that pop off of a person when you are seeing someone and you says, oh, yeah, they're going to be something special that, oh, yeah, watch them or watch him, watch her. What are those things? The number one for me is humility. Mm. The older I've gotten, the more beautiful humility. Yeah, brothers. People, whether it be man uh, or a woman um, that uh, are braggadocious or th- drop names or uh, I've gotten to know Drew Brees pretty good. His wife and my wife are good friends. And what I most admire about him is not what he does on the football field is the way he handles himself. Oh, yeah. And he's very, very consistent. Um, and um, I, I really enjoyed watching Joe Burrow receive the highest man I, I I said something about that that speech on on social media it was 
quintessentially what you want any young man in that position to to to, to say because it wasn't as much about him as it was about how he got there and what other people did to get him there. Let me tell you what impressed me the most. There were two things that stand out. I know. I think I know one of them. One is how he went to the Ohio coach. That's exactly right. That the was Ohio the one I was thinking. Coach. Yeah. yeah. He could have said, hey, God, <laughs> right, I'll show you. Right, right. right I showed you. Right, right. right. How about that? He like Michael Jordan that. did when right. he gave his speech. That's right. But no, he went over there and thanked him. Just mm-hmm. took the high road. Mm-hmm. at his first class. First class. Um, that stood out to me. And um, in the other piece, um, I had heard that uh, Marcus Allen, uh, the, the, the Hall of Fame running back, told him uh, that his speech was better than his season. And, uh, wow. and I thought about that because the way he has represented LSU, Louisiana, Louisiana and college football, mm-hmm. I think if the NCAA had a poster child, <laughs> uh, he would. Oh, be that's it who this you year. want. The that's highest exactly votes right. in the history in of the, the history of the, of the, the, the award, yeah, right. and and the way he went about handling it. And again, man, he's you know Andrew Luck had a little bit of that that joy for the game. Yeah, that's right. That you know, and right. and and he thought he chose his family, his children primarily over football. I mean, he's got a, a degree in architecture from Stanford. He's already made $100 million, okay? He's not worried about where his next cup of coffee is coming from. Right. What, he wants to, what, what he wants to be able to do is stand up. And I think that you forget that. But the other thing that I'll ask you about, because you motivate people, is I know for me sometimes I get lost in the grind. And I got to pull myself back. And the older I get, it happens more regularly. Um just not for as long periods of time. You get lost in the grind because as you get older, your kids get older, you transition. And so, because balance, I believe, is is important. You just have to have it. You know, when if people are listening and they're thinking, man, I don't make time for this or that or whatever, what's your advice? The number one thing I would tell you is that once a week, you have to carve out what I call think time. Mm-hmm. You need to have, I used to do it on Sunday nights, I do it every day now. I take 30 minutes to myself, and, and, and it's an opportunity for me to really, and I'm not, I have a regimen in the morning where I get up in the morning and I pray and I yeah, read, sure. and then a couple of times I'll, I'll go to the gym. But uh, the think time is about thinking about the people, uh, the processes, the problems, the purpose. It's just for me to get a perspective every day because what happens is that, and you know this, I mean, there's so much information coming at us. There's That's right. so many people pulling at us. That's right. The number of emails, the number of texts, mm-hmm. the number of phone calls. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's within the first hour and a half of the day, your mind's cluttered. You're you fried. Of, yeah, you got a lot going on, right? And so getting to the point where every week you have think time so that. You know, most of the stress that we feel in today's world comes from not being in control. Mm-hmm. We start feeling like we're <laughs> out of control, right? right? And so it gives you an opportunity. Your think time gives you an opportunity to prioritize. I mean, you know, even in my own leadership, when I have tough days or I'm going to the office and I just don't feel like going, mm-hmm. right? Right. You know, I, I speak to myself. Yeah. Uh, Clay and and I and, and and I tell, hey, today I get to solve problems. Yep. Today I get to lead with purpose. Today I get to serve my people. Today I get to serve my people. Today I get to solve problems. Today I get to lead with purpose. And so it just reminds me why I'm doing what I'm doing, and 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 I don't have to. I get to. 
And I think when you begin to shift that conversation in your head, you know, I was telling my kids the other day, don't don't say I have to do homework. Say I get to do homework because mm-hmm. you know how many kids don't even get an education. True. Don't, I don't want to hear I have to go to this place. No, say I get to go to this place. And but that's just kids. I find that it, adults have the exact same sometimes worse. Tra- sometimes, sometimes worse. worse right? Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. We don't have to do anything. We get right. to. Right. right? And, you know, in, in America. And so, again, it just gives you perspective. It helps you prioritize. It reminds you of your purpose. And then, you know, and and, and, and helps you deal with your problems and, and your challenges in a manner where you're where where you're able to think clearly because again what happens is that you start getting stressed and if you have to make you know one mentor told me a long time ago he goes a fatigued mind can never see clearly yes right a fatigued mind and so uh when we're fatigued we go negative first Mm -hmm. when we're fatigued it impedes our ability to be creative Mm -hmm. and problem solve and so don't ever make a decision when you're in the midst of a crisis and you're fatigued and you're tired, right? That is, that's the cue for me, you know, pushing the limits of, of everything, not sleeping, just grinding the whole thing. My cue is when you get that, those mental lapses because your mind is fatigued and I don't mess around with that. I immediately pull it back aggressively and I take it very seriously. I mean, not just for today, but for years down the road, it's important to protect your, so, your your mental yeah. acuity. It really is. You know, when I was younger, I didn't value sleep. I didn't either. When I was younger, I didn't value rest. Nope. Uh, and now I realize the importance, mm-hmm. the importance of both of those. See, here's my other discovery is that the issue, you know, people, we're, we're the most productive country on the earth, yet we're dying at higher rates than anybody else. Right. And the issue really is not stress, because I hear yeah, I hear some of my employees, I'm stressed out. Oh, my God, I'm stressed, stressed. The issue is not stress. The issue is really replenishing your energy. Mm-hmm. You know, there's four types of energy we all have. Mental energy, spiritual energy, emotional energy, and physical energy. And what happens is that we're, we're, we're wearing out and utilizing all of our energy and then trying, like you're saying, you know, you continue to grind without taking a time out That's and replenishing right. your energy. That's right. Which is the reason vacations are important. Yep. Which is the reason reflection and meditation and prayer time is important. Which is the reason exercise is important, That's right. right? You get a chance to replenish. It energizes you. You become more productive, True. more creative, and you get better outcomes H- in your life. Julio, I'm more tired on days that I don't work out and or take time for mental replenishment than I am on days that so I do. True. And, and it's, it's important, but, and the thing is, I think I, I told somebody this, I was having this conversation with my son that in December, December is my month to prune my habits and my circle. And I told him I've been doing it for over 20 years and I, you know, every habit can't go with you into the new year. And some habits you discover this year, you got to take into next year. And then some relationships can't go. It doesn't mean you're mean with people. But, That's right. it, it, you know, in life, people are often moving in in various directions. And we could be going in the same direction, but not the same place. You know, and, and when I'm sitting with a business person who has a practice that is intriguing and something I hadn't thought about, you know, you apply it because it's good information, which is why it's important for us to be connected. 
But, but that's the other thing I'd like to ask you about, you know, for business owners listening or managers listening who have to manage people, how do you maintain a positive, non-toxic relationship? Now, I didn't say easy because the truth of the matter is getting things done means that sometimes there's going to be friction and confrontation, but that doesn't necessarily mean toxic. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. So, so how do you do that? Well, I think... One, uh, it starts with the culture that you create in the environment. I don't care if it's a team, Mm -hmm. if it's a company, if it's a nonprofit organization, you have to create a certain amount of uh, a certain culture, Mm -hmm. uh, a positive culture. And it starts with caring. I mean, your people need to know that you care about them. Right. Um, You know, uh, some some bad business owners uh, 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 and, and I mean, not good leaders. Uh, just look at them as employees. Well, guess what? These are real people, mm-hmm. people with families, people with problems. And so, you know, what happens in life happens to all of us, right? Adversity is not prejudice. So we nope. all have things we go through. So uh, one is you got to create the right culture. Two, your people have to know that you care. Yeah. Right. Three, the way you do that is the way you communicate, right? Communication is so important, mm-hmm. right? When you have a culture that's transparent, mm-hmm. when you have a culture that's open, when you have a culture where there's authenticity from the leader, right? right? It begins to uh, uh, earn commitment and loyalty from your people, right? Sure. Where, 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 where you can have the you know the dialogue um, uh, and engage you know your employees, I think I think it starts with those three uh, for sure. Um, and I also tell you that 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 you know leading is a lot harder than managing, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and, yeah. And 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 there's a big difference. You know, managing people, you can just tell them what to do, mm-hmm. right? And, and and it's more of the authoritative piece there. But leading, nobody gets up in the morning and says, hey, let's go get managed today, right? People right. want to be led, right? right? People want to be led. And I think, again, that to create that positive atmosphere is not a... a um, a fluffy feel right. good piece. No. We're not talking about that. No. But we're talking about, hey, we're not gonna focus, you know, like certain things in my culture, look, uh we are not a perfect organization by any stretch of the imagination, but we are a a, a, a organization of high commitment. Mm-hmm. And I don't let anybody use any profanity because I, I I don't use profanity with uh with my employees. For example, sure, I'm sure, 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 sure. I'm an example because I want to give some specific examples. But but um you know we tolerate a lot, but I, I will not tolerate negativity and gossip. I don't do it. I don't do it in my organization. I will not do it with employees. Mm-hmm. Guess what? There's always going to be problems. So are we going to focus on the problem? We're going to focus on solutions, right? That's the difference. That is the big difference. That's how you can tell a winner from a loser. I hate to say it that way, but it's because it's about winning and losing. If you're, if you're losing in the game and you're playing for a great organization, they're focused on how do we stem the tide and win? That's, you know, Sean Payton wants to go for two every play. He doesn't do it every play. I'm thankful he did it against the 49ers, but that's, that's, you know, (laughs) they're going down, Clay. They're going down. Don't, don't you start with me. We're still we're talking about goal setting. But but I think you're, you're right. Focusing on solutions, you know, and, and you started off talking about goal setting. And, and what about focus? What about staying focused, blocking out yeah. the noise? Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. 
I think the inability of individuals and companies are the number one impediment to their ability to produce the results. I think a lot of companies could be more profitable. Yeah. A lot of individuals individuals could be more productive yeah. if they had the ability to focus. And I think, again, look, I could spend 30 minutes talking about this. I believe focus is probably the number one thing that's holding most people back. Why? You've got to unclutter your mind. You've got to get rid of distractions. You've got to decide what it is that you want in your personal life, what it is that you want in your professional life, and have the ability to focus, focus, focus. And why is focus important? I get asked that question all the time. Because what you focus on, you eventually master. That's right. Focus empowers you. Focus gives you energy. And so having the ability to focus and to block out things you know, the best of the best. We were talking about Drew Brees. You know, he goes through his regiments. Oh, yeah. His ability to focus. What most people understand, next time you watch a Saints game, watch how the team huddles and he stands by himself. The reason he does that, no other quarterback in the NFL does that. Most of the time when they're waiting for the timeout to come out of a television or whatever, the, the whole team's together. But what he does is you'll see all the linemen and the, and the wide receivers, the skill positions all there, and he's by himself. He has a regiment where he focuses on the next play that's getting ready to be called. He has the innate ability to focus. And so, again, the way you can be, become better at, 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 at getting focused is, is to be very specific in terms of what you're trying to accomplish, what your target is, um, and then get rid of those distractions. You've got, you've got to have the ability to focus if you're going to really accomplish what it is that you set your sights on. And uh, I'm a big believer that uh, focus is a big uh, impediment for most people and most organizations. What about, I mean, you, you run a media company and, and you're into this stuff and, and I see it because it's a part of what I have to do with my business too. Can I, uh, can I throw one, sure. uh, one, one more example? Sure, out, One sure. that you and I know very well that's sure. here local because we live in Baton Rouge. Yeah. I was having a conversation with Todd Graves. Right? Yeah, day, yeah. Right, and um, raising canes. He came. He was, he was one of my guest speakers at uh, our business, at Business Reports Executive Leadership Academy mm-hmm. that I launched three years ago. And uh, he told me he's had consultants right come in and say, you know, add smoothies, add salads, add other things to the menu. Your your menu is so bland, right? All you do is serve is chicken fingers. And he goes, that's all I do chicken fingers he's selling he's right now he's doing over a billion oh yeah one thing yeah chicken does it well fingers one thing does it well he is very very focused he will yep. not let other people other consultants other people in the industries if you take a look at how other fast food chains have grown they've added a lot of different things i mean mcdonald's had been has been fragmented because they tried to be all things charlie Valusa told me this mm-hmm. okay he built one of the largest franchises in mcdonald in the history of mcdonald's headquartered here in baton rouge mm-hmm. before he retired yeah. right, and, and and turned over to his sons uh they started added so many things to the menu it got cluttered mm-hmm. and confused people there's a great book called the the dichotomy uh of of choices which which we which uh confirms that uh, the inability to focus paralyzes a lot of people from making purchases because they have too many options. Right? Too many options, too right? Many options. And you're right, but and in Todd's case, because you're right, he 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 focuses on the thing that he does. And I remembered asking him one time. We were just kind of chatting, and I said, you know, and because I always think about it, but we always end up talking about something else about the young people who work for him. 
Have you ever gone to one of those places anywhere in America and not found a motivated young person at the window or on Amazing. the microphone? Amazing. And I asked him about that. And he, just, and he said something you said earlier, culture. Culture. It's a culture. Right. And, and I think it's important. Now, if you know him, if, he, if you hadn't seen him, if you, if you didn't know who he was and he walks into a room, he just looks like a really unassuming nice guy. You would not know that he owns over 400 of those stores and he owns them all. He doesn't, he doesn't have one of them that's franchised. His story is about hard work and, 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 and you know, I'm always um, motivated and just happy for people who find who they are. Ed Orgeron, great example. Someone who has gone through ups and downs of where he hey, where he's Clay, been. I really appreciate it. <laughs> it's good to hear you talk about us. <laughs> <laughs> but this is where he's always wanted to be. That's right. And he, if he has evolved before our eyes in that job, in terms of I'm not going to hold on to the wheel as tough as say Les did. Les would never evolve. It had to be the way he's always done it, and it ended up being the the figuratively speaking the death of him. Ed has evolved, and he's he's gone out and hired talent and and the whole thing. And look at what he has built here, his win percentage. And you can't say he's winning with less as players. It was gone, <laughs> you know. So it, so. And finally, I'll ask you about you personally. When you are facing adversity, whether it's you know business or whatever, and you're up against it, how do you motivate, inspire yourself to get to the other side? Well, first, I pray. I mean, I believe in the power of prayer. And so um, uh, I really believe where there's a will, there's a way. And uh, again, I know I talk about my mama because she was my hero. And, mm. and, and, I, and I saw her create uh, things that, uh, you know, she was just strong. And so I believe in that philosophy. I have renewed my mind enough that I realize now the only thing that can't be solved, the only thing that can't be overcome is death. The day we go That's right. and there's no more it's breath. It's done. And so my mind is programmed that way. Uh, I'll also tell you that uh, you mentioned something before. I think it's so important. I don't hang around people that uh, are cynical, yep. that are negative, yep. uh, that I'll are limited. Yep. I hang around Keyword, people. limited. Yeah, I, I I hang around people. One of the things I always enjoy about you, you know, and and uh, you and I off off the air always talk about personal lives, mm-hmm. the good, the bad. Sure, uh, is that uh, you are a solution oriented. You're positive. You're always trying to move forward. I'm trying to tell my kids that right now because again. Um, you know, birds of a feather flock together. No question. And, and so uh, I, I I truly do practice what I preach. You know, there's four types of people in our lives. Those that add, multiply, subtract, and divide. And I think the closer you get to people as you grow older that add and multiply. I love being around people that challenge me in a lot of different areas. I know people that are more generous, people mm-hmm. that are better communicators, people that are better leaders. And I'm constantly trying to learn people that inspire me, people uh, that 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 are doing good work in their sphere of influence, you know. Uh, and so I have a hunger and a desire to become a better father, to become a better leader, to become a better communicator, to become a better businessman. Uh, I just want to continue to improve. I learned um, John Wooden. I had dinner with John, legendary UCLA yeah, coach yeah, yeah. John Wooden. He was 95 years old. One of the one of the probably best memories that I'll ever have in in my life. Um, it was a private setting, so I had man, I had over an hour with this gentleman. 
And I never forget how sharp his mind was at 95. Mm -hmm. He could quote poetry. He could quote scripture. Obviously, he's an icon. His record speaks for itself. But he was the one that helped me realize you can never exhaust your capacity to learn. It's something you can do to the day you go to the grave. So that that focus for me keeps me wanting to grow and learn and and overcome adversity like i said i i i, I renew my mind every day i i work at it because i know half the battle is in the mind like yeah. the battlefield is in the mind that's right you know and so if we work on that facet a lot of people are trying to work on on the outer things mm -hmm. and, and 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 i try and tell kids and adults if you win the game on the inside you'll win the game on the outside no question about it you know, no question about it, man. It's always great. And as I said in the beginning, one of the staples here and we've seen this place evolve a whole lot, haven't we? Yes. <laughs> well, and let me tell you something that's going to happen February 20th. All it right. Happens, it's coincidental. A rising tide raises all boats. Indeed. And I am doing this event. It's not a business report event. I'm going to probably put business uh, um, business report um presents on it because i i want to invite the entire business community but mm -hmm. this is going to be for the nonprofit leaders profit for profit leaders this is going to be for if you're in the ministry if you're in business whatever scope of life you're in if you want to come i'm bringing in john gordon uh huh. the best-selling author of uh the energy bus the coffee bean uh, becoming a positive leader. Mm -hmm. um, he's written over 12, 15 books. He, he, speak, he speaks everywhere around the world. Uh, a couple of my sponsors, I called up a couple of friends at Mercedes-Benz, at, at, at Investar Bank, uh, uh, Shell, um, and Acadian Audiovisual, uh, and they helped me create the funds to bring in John Gordon um, and it's to help the community mm -hmm. and it's going to be Thursday February 20th it's going to be at the HPC arena right here on Highland yeah, Road yeah, right down the road from where we right are right down yeah. the road right here um, we're going to be selling tickets to the public uh, and it's going to all the proceeds, nobody's making a dime. All the proceeds are going to go back to the foster care uh, uh, system for foster awesome. kids. Awesome. And we're just bringing in, I wanted to bring in somebody uh, world class. He's never been to Louisiana. He's never been to New Orleans. Oh, before. man. This guy's spoken all over the world. We're going to change his gastrointestinal setup for the rest <laughs> exactly, of this. <his> exactly. Life. <laughs> exactly. So, February 20th, we're calling, if you want to elevate your leadership, elevate your leadership and your team. Uh, come, Put that in your calendar, but, but listen, yeah. we'll get you back okay. before then, That'd be great. and we'll get him to dial in and yeah. be a part of That'd it, and we'll great. have him preview what he's going to do here, but absolutely, that's great, You know, and I'll buy my ticket. Yeah, well, guess, <laughs> guess what? Uh, we'd appreciate it, but, but, uh, but more importantly, let me tell you something. I'm hoping that uh, he's going to bring some game-changing insights in terms of positive leadership. Yeah. You know, we, you know last point is that too many people think uh, they can have a positive life in a negative mind. You, it doesn't work. Yeah. In order to have a positive life, a positive organization, you got to lead with a positive thought process, and it starts with a mindset. No question about it, brother. Merry Christmas Appreciate to you and it, your man. family. Merry Christmas man. to you and your family. It's great to always see you. Well, wait, wait, before we go, how can people learn more about you, your books, where you are, all of that? Uh, they can go to www.juliomalara, one word, juliomalara.com, and uh, it takes it to the website, just some of the books, and um, you know, I'm always around. Always. I can help and serve. Podcast.
Podcast225.com. This is Jeff Leduff, retired chief of police for the city of Baton Rouge. I'm Kelly Leduff, co-owner of Open Eyes Safety Training and Consulting. Open Eyes is focused on providing quality safety solutions that give businesses and employees the skill set needed to recognize and react to dangerous situations. On a daily basis, we hear yet another story of workplace violence or active shooter. Open Eyes offers a unique approach to keeping you and your businesses safe through site analysis, technology recommendations, policy review, and employee training. To set up a consultation for your business, call us today at 225-313-9713 or visit us at our website at openeyesafetytraining.com. We say keep open eyes because 10% of our population cause 90% of our problems. See them before they see you. Executone of Louisiana has been helping businesses in Bad Rouge save money on their telecommunications for over 40 years. Executone will help businesses upgrade their phones and intercom systems, save money, and never have to worry about local customer support. Doctors' offices, hospitals, schools, businesses, it doesn't matter. All kind have depended on the good people at Executone to upgrade technology and save money. I have a question for you. Do you like saving money? Sure, of course you do. Here's another one. Do you want to keep the most up-to-date phone and intercom technology while saving money? That's what it's all about. That's a no-brainer. Don't get sucked in by out-of-town companies who are not here if you need technical support. Executone has been here, and they believe in the value of customer service, baby. Don't take my word for it. Give them a call, 225-295-3500. That's 295-3500. Oh, look them up. Executone L. Executone of Louisiana. They still here and they're going to continue to give you great service. The issues, the policies, the people. This is the Clay Young Show. Special thanks to Julio Malera for being with us today. As we move through this holiday season. God bless to you and your family. For the sounds of boys to men in the background. <laughs> For the season. And so I hope you got something out of the motivation from Julio. I just like I said, the guy's locked in. I love the uh <laughs> I love the sneaker story and <laughs> being able to to buy those sneakers and he was legitimately as he was telling that story he had an expression like I don't know why I'm, I'm telling you this but I think that's that's often the truth that the lesson in life is sometimes we are afforded opportunities and blessed with opportunities so that we can be a blessing to others and you know that is that's how I look at it that's my story and I'm sticking to it so it was good having him here. I said to you in the opening that this is the last show of 2019. The first episode of 2020 will be episode 225, episode 225 on podcast 225. Uh, man, the shows, the conversations we've had this year and just everything that we've been able to talk about from politics to current events to things that have gone on. It's been so good to talk about everything from OJ to LSU football to the governor's race to the impeachment and everything around that. But thank you guys so much for the feedback throughout the year, the comments, those of you who share the show on social media when you see it. I really, really appreciate that. Thank you for listening to the other shows. The newest offering uh, this year is the Crime Stoppers podcast. Of course, we be are 
is now entering its second year of episodes, and it's good to be able to do this. Now, as you move through the end of the year, I'm hoping that for those of you who have experienced loss, that that some hope and optimism and happiness can really be upon you in this season, and that you really capture the new year, and I wish for everyone the best in this new year. God bless to all of you and your families, and thank you again for being with me here on The Clay Young Show on podcast225.com. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.